0: Thank you for listening to this gospel resource from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas. Feel free to use or share this resource, but we ask that you not alter the content in any way. For more information about Cornerstone Baptist Church, please visit us at cornerstonewiley.org. All right, well, uh, we'll go ahead and start. I don't know what happened or what I said last week, but I feel like there's a lot less people here than last week. So um, if I said something, I'm sorry. I um, I mean, and Julie was saying it was even like the 4th of July weekend last weekend. So you think there'd be less people last weekend than this week, So right? I really must have said something bad. So, um, but again, my name is, if you don't know me, my name is Luke Thompson. I'm an international partner with Cornerstone. Um, we uh, were sent to South Asia... For uh, eight years, and now we're back, and we're living in Hutchinson, Kansas. Anybody know where that is? Anyone ever heard of Hutchinson, Kansas? Besides this guy, who's been there uh, last month or a few months ago? Uh, anybody ever heard of Hutchinson, Kansas? No. Yes. No. Hutchinson? You know Hutchinson. I <laughs> didn't Yeah. Hey, no talking in my class. I'll send you on the hall. <laughs> No, um, Hutchinson, so this is, uh, so what I did last week is talked about what God is doing in South Asia, and some of the ways in which labors are going out into the harvest, and so today, another part, so that's one part of my ministry is uh, to South Asia, but another part of my ministry is being on mission in my neighborhood, and equipping my church locally in Kansas to be on mission in their neighborhood, and so um, I love doing, I mean, as they say, once uh once a um overseas worker once a i don't it's on the recording so i don't want to say a lowercase m you know that you know when i say when i say the word m right so once an m uh always an m so um yeah that's It's hard for me to to go someplace and not be one. But um, I hope you all don't think that, okay, well, it's Luke here. He's, yeah, he's one of those crazy M's, and yeah, he's called for that, so he's going to do that, right? Um, No, if you were here last summer, I taught on how everyone is is to be an evangelist. Everyone is to go out and to preach the gospel wherever they're at. Everyone should have, uh, God has called us. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, So, what? So, what did you say, Ralph? uh, Yeah, so send I you, which that doesn't make any sense. Uh, So to make it in common English, just as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you out. Um, And so that's what I want you all to see, that you are being sent out. You, The house that you're at, the job that you're at, the neighborhood that you're in, the societies that you are in, you are placed there because God has sent you there to preach the gospel, to share with those who don't know Christ um, that. And so I want you all to have in your mind that, I, yes, I am am i am one who is sent out right um it's not just luke that's sent out it's not you know whoever is sent out but it is me as well um and so every decision that you're making you're thinking how is this affecting the mission um, this this way that i go or this thing that i'm involved in how does that affect the mission and so um, part of what i'm going to be talking about this morning part is uh, how what what are the things that i do um things that julie and i do in our neighborhood and uh, part of that is to spur you on um, in some of the same kind of acts and same kind of uh, things and so a little bit of a couple of caveats um, this morning one is I'm I'm very much aware that this is gonna sound like you know humble bragging right uh, you guys know the hashtag humble brag right um, have you ever heard that yeah so like it's it's a social media thing where like you go and you say oh man I was I was up all night you know studying bovink oh man now I'm exhausted you're really just bragging that you read Bobvink all night right um, you're not trying to like you're trying to like you bring humility by saying oh i'm so tired about that so and this might sound to you that I'm like humble bragging, but I'm I'm really not. What I, I that's not my desire. My desire is not to say, hey, look how great Julie and I are, uh, look how what great how we're awesome on mission. Um, no, it's it's not that. It's just hey, I want to just humbly come before you and just say these are the things that the Spirit has put in my lap, and I'm I, I want to be faithful in that, and I want to spur you on uh, to be faithful in where God has placed you, and, and give you maybe some ideas and some tips and things like that. Um, another one is. Um, I might step on some toes. Um, I I am not one to kind of with, withhold the punch, um, and so I I like to just be very honest and uh, maybe expose idols, if you will. And so um, don't don't be offended. Don't I, I say that in love, right? When I when I poke these things, when I when I maybe you know do some surgery, um, you know Brex in here. So like when I when I do some sur- I, so I'm I'm probably going to butcher the analogy, but you know I'm going to be I want to be very careful. Um, I want I do that in love, and but it, it's it's going to have to happen, right? And so I guess I'm going to be the mouthpiece to do that. So um, so when I do step on toes, it's not like because I'm like mad at you or like upset at you. It's just I'm just trying to expose something. So see it in that nature. And then um, the last caveat that I have is. These these are not these are not it's not law. What I'm gonna be teaching this morning, it's not necessarily law, it's just suggestions. The the law is hey, God has saved you, and he has saved you for a purpose, and that's uh, to make his name known. Right? Uh, what does 1 Peter chapter 3 verse or sorry, chapter 2 verse 9 say? 1 Peter 2 9. Who, who knows that verse? Who can read that? 1 Peter 2 9. I hope I got the reference right off the top of my head. It should start out where we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so can you read that real loud? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So what was the purpose that God has made us a people together and why he has delivered us from darkness into his life? For what purpose? So we can be hashtag blessed, right? I just, I just, God has just blessed me so much, right? So I could just be happy with him. What is the purpose? To proclaim his excellencies, proclaim his excellencies. right? So God has saved you so that you can proclaim Christ. So you can, you can proclaim this is how wonderful he is. This is what God has done in my life. Then I just I want to share that to wherever I'm at, wherever I'm being sent at. So that's the law that I'm if, if I want to use the word law. Uh, that's the calling. Sorry, uh, maybe I'll use that. That's a nicer word. That's the calling that God has put on every one of us. Not just me. Not just um, the, the the evangelists in the room. Right. It's every one of us. And but at the same time, that that's the general thing that is God's calling. But it's going to look, that's going to look differently in everyone's life, right? So it looks differently in my life, it looks differently in yours. So what I'm saying to you is just suggestions. You might try it, you might say, that's not me, um, but that's, so don't it don't it's like, well, Luke does it this way, so I have to do it that way. Don't, don't hear it as that, okay? Does that, does that make sense? Okay, thank you. I just want to make sure. Um, and so now, as we, as we get started, I, um, I want to tell you where Hutchinson is, because um, as I talked to someone this week... Uh, all I knew was the coasts, right, California and, and the other side, and I didn't know anything in the middle. I'm not going to mention any names, but... Um, so that, 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 so just so you know where Hutchinson, Kansas is. That is kind of smack right dab in the middle of Kansas, which Kansas is in the smack in the middle of the U.S. Um, so and it's a population of 40,000 people, so eh, it's not a small town, but it's not you know, DFW seven and a half million people, right? Um, so it's, it's a smaller community and this one that I was born and raised in. Um, one of the things that, that you have to understand about Hutchinson is yes, it's, it's a, it's a more or less a, a Christian town, uh, much similar, similar culture to DFW. Um, but there's a big divide in, in this town of 40,000. There's a big divide. There's a, the, the streets are numbered from first all the way up to like, you know, 43rd street. Okay. Um, and they all, and that, that, those, those streets run east and west, mm-hmm. and they progressively go north. And, but it's after 11th Street, uh, especially, especially some, it's a little past 11th, but 11th is, is the boundary line. Where north of 11th, that's where you have all of very, very wealthy homes, very, very affluent middle class uh, kind of areas, anything south of 11th, uh, people are like, oof you're living down there. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's that, that kind of, uh, it, it's a very big divide. Now, we live on First Street. So uh, we're about as farthest into this place as you can get. Um, now, why, why did we choose to live there? Why? Most people would say, no, I, I, it's not that like, were poor. Well, he's the poor, you know, overseas worker that lives on an in, a South Asian budget. So um, he had he had no other choice but to have a house on First Street, the, the furthest that you can get into that. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. We we could have gotten some loans out. We could have you know done some things and um, got into the more middle class. You know, one with has. Um, respectability maybe or as some would say some more security. I, I don't believe in that that there's security in middle class. Um, but why would I choose why would Julie and I choose to live there?
1: Closer to the people you want to work with.
0: Right. And why would I want to work with those people? Because they have needs. Right. Um, what is a, a, a typical Christian response is um, especially maybe a lot of us in the room, if, if, you had the option to say there is a nice, beautiful, uh, neighborhood in, uh, in Sachse that's, uh, in my price range, you know, in the middle class price range. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot, of, maybe there's pretty, uh, okay Christian influence there. I mean, there's, or let me just, let me, uh, let me be a little more personal here. Let's have some fun here. Um, Maybe I should get a house in the Woodbridge area, right? Um, I've, I've now come to know about half of Cornerstone lives in Woodbridge. Um, so it's like, I, I should live in Woodbridge. It's a nice community. It's got a great pool. It's got, you know, all these amenities. It's, it's close to where I'm at. It's very close to the church building. And, and a lot of my uh, church family lives in Woodbridge, okay? So you could, you could choose to live there. Or there's some low-income housing maybe in the Wiley area or um, some some maybe rundown areas. I think that there, isn't there like a trailer park area that's just south of here? Is that south? Am I even in the right direction? Is that south? (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So what would you all, what would a normal Christian maybe in this room choose? Why would you choose Woodbridge? Because the pool. Because the pool, of course, (laughs) your kids. Your kids are dictating, no, the pool says, I love this area, right? I want to be in this area. What other, what other uh, who else would say Woodbridge? Would, who, would, who would say the trailer park? <laughs> Joanne's a yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, why is that so uncommon? Why is that so, um, if, if again, we're, we're called to go, right? We're, we're being <laughs> sent out as sent ones. Like that is our calling to go there. Why, why do we have a hesitation? Why is it that we have a hesitation to go at a lower-income areas?
1: There's a difference between in there and in there.
0: Yeah? Explain.
1: Well, if you live in a nice, clean, comfortable, modern area, as far as comfort goes, it would be more comfortable for your family. Mm-hmm. If you live in a place that's run down and scary, it's not going to be as comfortable for you and your family. And if you have kids to be responsible for it, the influence on your kids is important, too. If you got hoodlums running around the neighborhood, it's not good. I mean, you can minister your people, but you don't have to go into the swamp Yeah. and live there.
0: So uh, here's where I'm going to get yeah, testy you know here. You where you are. I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, so would you say that Julie and I, are, I mean, we have five kids, right, ranging from four to the 13. Are we being irresponsible?
1: What's it like? What's the neighborhood
0: like? There, we there's a known drug dealer right across the street from us.
1: Yeah, you've been irresponsible. Irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We but moved it, from a neighborhood where gunshots were going off yeah. fairly routinely. People would drive their cars up on top of other cars so the drug deal didn't go well. Yeah. And uh, government was paying people to live there, so we decided it's cheaper to buy a house in Rockwall than. A rock wall do private schooling in Dallas. Yeah. Get out of there. I mean, it's good to minister to people like that, but you don't have to live next door to them. And some people don't want to
0: be ministered to;
1: they just shoot you. Yeah, right. So I don't want my kids shot because I want to do something good.
0: Yeah. Well, what, what all? What all do you think of? Of. Um, so we got Greg's Greg's opinion here. Yes, Mr. Mark.
1: Somehow it can be twisted. Good student- Mm-hmm. if you're investing your money wisely by buying property mm-hmm. in an area yeah. that's going to accrue value. Sure. So rather than buying property in an area that's basically in supply.
0: Right. And, and
1: so for a lot of us, we have to be honest, with yeah. that's, that's really what it
0: comes
1: down. Yeah. And we can couch it in terms of
0: stewardship. Yeah, right. Could... Um, to get around that, could you still buy the house in Woodbridge and yet live in the trailer park and just rent out the Woodbridge place as a investment property? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a way to get around that. So now now what excuse do we have then?
1: How <laughs> I mean, so, funerals can you pay
0: for? That? Right. I mean, um, you know, to to be honest, you know, with with that mentality of like, well, okay, so if all Christians were to say we got to be responsible, you have to like steward well, we have to do that. What what happens to low income areas? It's a, it's a dark area. What what's going to happen to them? How how uh, how will they be reached? I guess. How is the dark? How is the darker darkness going to get less dark? Yes, Paul. I think your premise is false. Okay. So I mean, there are no, we're no more Christian
1: those who are affluent than those who are. Athlete. Sure
0: is just a reason. completely agree with you, right? Um, and so again, going back to what I was saying, in Woodbridge, we have quite a few families there, right? So there's there's quite a bit of presence, a uh, Christian influence. There's people that are sent there already, right? You're saying how specifically. Right, yeah, right, right. So there, there are people that are sent to Woodbridge. I, I, you, call, you You might say, they bought a house there, so they're there. I say, God sent them there, right? So... God has already sent quite a few workers to Woodbridge. Now, there could obviously be more, most definitely, right? Um, I, there's no way that I could, I would love to have all of Woodbridge come to know Christ, right? Um, but again, with the low-income areas, as Craig is saying, you no, know, like, we need to be responsible to not live there, right? So now the, the moral argument is not, hey, we need to have equal level here, right? We need to have equal number of people in the wealthy as well as the low-income, because that, that's your argument, right? That there's, there's lost people in both areas, but it seems like a lot of Christianity wants to kind of do, well, there's really a lot of lost people in the wealthy areas and not a whole lot here. And so we have a lot more percentage in the nicer areas and who are not willing to say, hey, let's, let's go down to the low income. Let's, let's do away with that. We already have quite a few people here. Um, let's, let's go to the darkness. Let's go to that dark spot where maybe there is no Christian influence because they've all fled, right? Um, I'm just talking about to my, in my own hometown, um, very few Christians are in that neighborhood um, and working there and willing to come and, and be partners with us in that neighborhood. Uh, but I can name you hundreds of Christian homes in the other areas. So to, to answer you, I completely agree. Now, if we were all to move to low-income, that's not going to solve the problem, because there's people in wealthy that. Do. So it's, I don't want everybody to move. I just want a few. Can I just have a couple, <laughs> right? Can just, can just like a few of you to say, you know what, I'm not going to live there. I'm going to go to where maybe I could not afford it, uh, or I, I could afford the other thing, but I'm just not going to. I'm going to be called and sent to this area. Does that does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yes, Joan. I also think that uh, by living in the poor area, you're able to communicate more
1: with those people, or you bring somebody from a rich area into that area,
0: they're more relaxed, not Mm-hmm. Because you're letting your Right, right. Um, Julie, maybe you can kind of speak to that a little bit, what Joan is saying. Um,
2: you're saying that, yeah, you kind of are able to minister. church that comes and does a ministry and passes out like free laundry cards once a month and so my neighbor wanted me to take her and so it's like yeah I'll take you but like I'm not getting a card you know (laughs) and so I came home and I didn't get the card and Luke's like you didn't get the card like how would that have made her feel like you're too good for the card but like she's like sort getting to do laundry because she has the card. so you know the months after that when we went I got the card and it was like one of the teachers at our kids school that was handing out the card so it's like this is kind of embarrassing you know <laughs> but so it even goes further sometimes than just living next to them but being willing to put yourself in a lower place to really make them feel <laughs> like they're not just a project mm-hmm. or that you're not just doing this as charity for them.
0: They, they can know when, when you're just a project. Right, Um, people can sense that when you're just coming in there. Let me do my thing for a couple hours and then, and then leave, Um, and they know like, okay, well then, how can they? Do they really trust, right, um, that person rather than, hey, I'm I'm in the mud with you. We're gonna scramble around and we're gonna work together to to find Christ, right, and to seek Him out together, and we're gonna be fellow pilgrims right here, Um, and yeah, walk with you in it. So. Um, yeah, so last week, um, if you were here, I shared one of the things that I'm, I'm asking you to do is to pray, to pray for the laborers um, to go out in the harvest. Um, so last week, I, I showed you the the Indian way to harvest wheat. Well, here's the Kansas way um, to harvest wheat. Just get your big John Deere tractor and, you know, get the big header and get it done in a couple hours, right? Um, so... I'm asking you, would you pray that the Lord would send out laborers in his harvest right here in this community, right right here in this church? Um, pray. We even pray that if you were here this morning, um, Dan prayed that we would be that church that would go out and would accept um, those uh, who are different from us, um, who are uh, have different experiences than us, that we would be a church that would welcome that. And so would you pray um, that you all would be sent, that would be people that would be sent out to areas that maybe we're not used to, um, areas that um, that don't necessarily have the same cultural values as we do. And so that's, again, my theme um, this morning is to ask you all to say, the harvest is plentiful. Like, I know that we get discouraged. Um, we get, oh, we, we've, we hear all of what's happening In the world, and we think, oh man, this is just um, this is going to pot, right? Um, But I'm telling you, God is at work. He is changing lives. He is transforming lives every single day. Um, Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Keep preaching that message. Uh, This is why I love coming back here every year and and meeting new people. And like you know, I've asked some of you all, can I come to your small group? Uh, Just because I want to hear. And and I, I asked some of you, I'm like, tell me, like, how did Christ save you? Like, I just love hearing that. I love to hear how God changes lives. Um, and it just reinvigorates me to like, okay, God's, God's not dead. He's surely, alive. Um, sorry, I got real cheesy there. Uh, he is, he is, he is alive. Like he is out there and he is moving. His spirit is, uh, is he is. Yeah, he is, he's, there is a harvest out there. So pray that the Lord would send out labors into the harvest in North Texas, um, in the Dallas, in the DFW area. Um, would you do that? Um, so now on to, to some tips and some of the things that maybe we do. Um, one is uh, we, we, we bought the house. Now the house was uh, let me let me show you a picture of sorry, I'm not a Pinterest guy. Um, Julie and I are not Pinterest people. This is like Uh oh, thanks. I don't know if it's from the sound booth or not. There, there I am. Okay, so this is um, this is a shot from the real estate. Photos. So this is not like this is the one where this is how we bought the house. So you can see the front yard had a gate at it. You know this like fencing in the front yard. Thing. It was a dirt driveway. Um, so there was like no no pavement, nothing like that there. Um, this was like some nasty like tulip plot. Were they two irises or something? So, so. Sorry. I, if you're a flower person who love irises, I, it was like gross. Um, but it was just like full of that and. Uh, um, on both this this kind of extends over here on both sides of that and um, so and there's also a little bit of a backyard and so we thought all right what should we do should we like leave it as that not really address the front yard but let's let's do the backyard make it make it a nice little oasis for our family um, so something way for us to to get away and kind of retreat in the backyard um yeah, it's not it's not very big, right? The backyard is very very small. Um uh, much much like this. This this is this is the actual size of the front yard, right? This is not like well, it must have like more depth. No, it it's looks are not deceiving. That that is the true length of our yard. Um it's very very small. It's a very it's like a 8000 square foot plot, something like that. It's very really small. I actually I think less. I think it's 5000 square foot plot. Um anyway, so um where they going with that? So um what what would be your alls? You alls? I don't say that right. y'all's? Y'all. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm from Kansas. What would be yalls? Um, what would be your decision? Would you would you change the front yard or the backyard? Which one would you make the oasis? At least make the grass. green. At least make the grass green. Well, um, this is the, a winter time picture, so you're not going to get green grass in the winter. At least not in Kansas. <laughs> what should we make the front yard or the backyard our oasis? On the front yard. The front yard? Yeah. Why? Why the front yard? Well,
1: we just found out this weekend when you're doing stuff in the front yard, you get little cool interaction with your neighborhood. Uh, so you know
0: the right answer now. <laughs> He's a good student. Um, no, but what would what would the typical thing be to to make a backyard your oasis or the front yard your, your oasis? The backyard, right? the backyard. Now, why the backyard? yeah 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 now if we are thinking ourselves as sent ones ones that are being sent out on mission wherever we are does a backyard oasis help in that mission or does it hinder it because i mean if you're saying well no we need to have a nice relaxing spot your house is a nice relaxing spot like why do you need a separate space for me? Just use your living room to relax. Why do you need the backyard to relax? Or just relax in the front yard. Why well, do I need my privacy? I, I've, I've heard you know, all the arguments, but if we are, are legitimately thinking, no, mission is first, right? Me, me giving opportunities, open doors to proclaim the excellencies of him who called me, I need to design everything. Because that's, that's who I am. I'm a sent one, right? Um, I'm an M. If you guys, you guys know what I mean when I'm saying M, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing that for the recording. Um, but I'm an M, right? So what? how am I going to decide this, right? I'm going to decide to say, you know, I need to use the front yards for these people that are passing by. Again, I'm in a low-income area. Not a lot of uh, vehicles are driving or, yeah, th- not a lot of people have vehicles. Uh, so walking is um, a pretty good mode of transportation for a lot of people. And um, so there's going to be a lot of people that walk by and, and have a chance to, Stop and have conversations. And hey, I'm I'm grilling out here in the front. Would you like to have a burger and have a hot dog? Are you, are you tired? Do you know, come have a seat. We put seat. We have things. Oh, I'll just show you the the picture here. Um, so then we transport. Wow, that's really bad. I got this off Google Maps. Uh, the the Google the, the what is this, the Street View on it? So that, that's how bad we are. Like taking pictures and like the before and after and like you know get on HGTV and show you how the skills I have. Um, so. Like, you know, We put a, a picnic table up here, we took that whole fencing out, we, we paved a driveway for, for people to play on or to set things out on and uh, the grass is still not green. Um, it's actually about 80% dirt and uh, 20% grass uh, because the kids just play on it and um, we actually use this spot to like dig holes. I don't know why, they just get the shovel and start digging holes, I don't know what's wrong with my family. Um, but we, we we try to transform that to make it a, a, a welcoming area for our neighborhood, and, um, and it, it has like it's it's been a welcoming spot for uh, people. And so they, they come by. We, we sit on our steps, and um, homeless people that come by, we you know feed them. Um, we we just we are we are a, a, a try to be a, a light, a, a place of refuge in that community. And how can we do that if? We've done it in our backyard with the high walls and, and all that that's going on. Um, so, I, I uh, again, I'm going to ask this question. How many gods are there in South Asia? This is a pop quiz from last week. A million or something? A million? Three, four hundred and 330 million gods in South Asia. Okay, that's something that's of those. Now, how many gods are there in the U.S.? There are a lot of Indians. <laughs> number, right. right. Um, I I tend to think that there's uh, 329 and a half million gods. Now, why do I say that number? Sorry, what did I say? Yeah, sorry. That's that's the U.S. population of the U.S. <laughs> right. Um, we ourselves are our idol. Right. Our families are our idol, right? We have. It's about me. It's about our comfort. It's about our security. It's about what can I do to make my life more comfortable, more at ease, more. I just. I need. I need more convenience, right? I need more of this. So whatever it takes to serve that idol, I'll do, right? So that means making my backyard because it's about me and my comfort. That's what I'm going to do, right? I want us. I want all of us to, to tear down that idol, right? Um, to make it at least 329 and 999. I don't know how many. So that 100 people less, right, than that 329 million. Um, to make that less and be like, you know what? I'm going to start making decisions where it's not about me and my comfort, but it's about the mission. It's about being sent out. It's about whatever it takes to make Christ known. Whatever it takes to, like, I want to create open as many open doors as i can i want to meet as many people as i can so i can develop relationships so that i have opportunities a platform to speak the gospel to them so they may know right um, so that's that's the, that's the beautiful thing about how christ has called us we don't have to serve the idol of self to serve the idol of comfort and convenience we can serve christ um, and so think about that as you are starting to make your decisions around your home. How have you maybe placed your home to invite unbelievers in? How have you placed your family to be able to invite (laughs) unbelievers into your family uh, so they may know the gospel, right? Um, Hey, look, I understand about wanting some of you have families and you have kids and things like that. Believe me, I'm not a single guy who doesn't know anything about that, right? I have five children myself, um, and I can tell you how What a joy it is to be on mission as a family right and it 's not just my mission I have to like I have to hide them away from the mission, but I can bring them alongside let 's have these conversations together with these families let 's have let 's go out and serve together as a family that my, our neighbors around and and they love to do it it 's not like oh this is dad 's project, this is mom 's thing, this is us as a family, and they get to do it together um, and so what an opportunity to lead your family on mission. What God has called us, again, what God has called us to do, what he has called each one. And even if if, you're, um, if you are saying God has called even our family uh, towards him, then yes, he's also calling you to be sent out on mission. Um, so that's a couple of my challenges Another challenge is, okay, so another tip is maybe transform your front yard, backyard, but then also be sensitive to what the spirit is doing in your life, right? Um, has anybody ever read, um, I think her name is Butterfield. Um, it's like the, her, her hospitality book. What's the rosary? Um, yeah, so you guys know what I'm talking about. She has like a hospitality book. Who Who's read that hospitality book? Okay, there's, there's a handful, right? Um, so th- there's a lot of tips in there, right? And some people that I've talked to who have read that, they're like, they just, they're like overwhelmed and they're like, oh man, I could never do what this lady does. I could never do what she does. This is just too overwhelming. And so what they do is they just give up. They're like, yeah, well, that's that's uh, Ro- Rosaria, right? That's her, but I, I could never do that, right? Um, that's the same thing where you might be saying, well, that's Luke. He, he can do that. Like, that, he's, he's a little crazy. Um, he's a little weird. You know, he, he, again, he moved to South Asia, and uh, he doesn't have a care in the world. Um, but what I, I want you to know, like, God has called each of you, and you guys are unique in where God has placed you, right? And so be sensitive to what the Spirit has. And it might change, right? Don't, don't force a round pagan into a square hole saying, well, this is how they do it, so this is how I should do it, Right? Um, so, like, for us, when we first moved there, it was about serving this elderly community that was around us. So, um, this is uh, me visiting an older guy in the hospital. He was a neighbor of mine, and uh, we found out that he was in the hospital, and there was you know, nobody nobody was visiting him. Um, he didn't have any family around, and nobody could go up and visit, so I went up and visited him, and, and here's us. Uh, feeding some of them um, during a Thanksgiving dinner um, they again they don't have families um, these older people that their families have, aban- have kind of they've either broken their relationship because of stuff that they have had done in the, in the past um, but what well, that's one of the unique things that Julie and I do is um, yeah we have family around now but it was a big thing for us in South Asia to use the Thanksgiving holiday and um, invite all these people and show them because you know, in South Asia, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but they've heard of it working for IT companies. Like, what is this Thanksgiving holiday all about, right? And so, uh, they'd want to know, like, what is this? Why do you have to have turkey and you know, all that? So, we'd invite, we'd have like, I think one time we had 50 people in our in our small apartment because um, they all wanted to hear about what Thanksgiving was. And so, uh, we, we made it a tradition to make a big feast and invite everybody out. When we came back here, it was um, all right, we got to get together as a family. And we're like, nope, we're on mission here, right? Um, that is our primary focus, is, it's that. And so God has sent us, and there are people around us that, are, that, that hate Thanksgiving uh, because they don't have anybody to celebrate with. And it's, it's a lonely holiday. Everybody's talking about how they get to be with family, they get to do all this stuff, and they don't have anybody to be with. So then Julie and I said, you know what, Thursday, Thursday for lunch, we're going to... Um, invite you all over, and you're gonna, we're going to have a big feast, and uh, here's what you're going to bring, and here's what you're going to bring. You're going to bring the green bead thing, and you're going to bring some rolls, and you're going to bring this, right? And so, and then we had to tell our family, because our family is like, what? you're going to miss the thing. You're, you're finally here, right? You, you haven't been at home for Thanksgiving for years, and you're finally here. You should come and, and join us together as a family. I said, can we do that on, like, Saturday or Sunday? Like, is that fine, like, on a Friday night or, you know, whatever, but this is important to them that they actually celebrate on Thanksgiving, and so can we do that? Can we? I'm asking you, can we serve this community here? Thankfully, we had a family that was gracious that said, "Yeah, we'd love to be able to equip you uh, for that." And so now we—that's what we do. So this is us at, at Thanksgiving, um, have like you know we're all going to we all ate at a one long table in our house and had a Thanksgiving dinner. And you know what the great thing about that is? Is I, that's another way for me to to preach the gospel, because I say, what do you guys, you know, we, the tradition, what are you all thankful for, right, Um, they're all, many of them are are saying, well, I'm thankful that I have an apartment, because for many years I was homeless, so I'm thankful for an apartment, Um, and, you know, just different, different stories like that, I'm I'm thankful that um, I have a communication with a kid, because, you know, this, we've had other kids taken away from foster care, different stories like that, Uh, and then it comes to me, and I say, I'm thankful for one, person? Who's that? Jesus. This is Sunday school, so you can say the answer. <laughs> who am I thankful for? Jesus, right? I get to be thankful for Jesus. And why? Why am I thankful for Jesus? And I just get to, to preach, the. I get to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called me from darkness to light. And so, this um, <laughs> just a great opportunity for us to do that. Then, um, we began to notice as our kids are in school um, we live uh, across like kind of catty corner i don't know if you guys know catty corner catty wampus. from uh, <laughs> um, we were just joking that Jane and i it's a, it's a kansas thing diagonally i guess you guys say what do you guys how do you how do you
1: catty
0: you guys say catty corner catty okay great um so it's like you know that that catty corner from us is a big apartment like a low-income apartment housing kind of thing and so uh, we've we have a lot of kids that come and play in our in our house now we we have some extra bikes and some extra scooters that we got so that kids can play with them and things like that and we can now have a driveway the kids play like four square on our driveway and stuff like that and and we began to look around this spring and it was like this is we have like 15 kids playing again and remember that remember that tiny lawn we had like 15 kids playing in this tiny little lawn area over here and it's just like this is insane and so we were like okay we, this is again the spirit is maybe shifting us away from maybe one generation the one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum and that we have all these kids around us and so what are we going to do and as if you guys are following some of my updates we we had a uh, VBS uh, right there in our front lawn so all those 15 kids I have never done a VBS before um in fact <laughs> Julie and I was more uh, antagonistic towards VBS because um, we just see so much fanfare around it, but that's a whole nother deal. But um, we never thought that we would be running a VBS, but it's like, okay, okay, Spiro, you have you're doing a work here, um, so. We asked our church, could we get some curriculum? Could we get some help? The director who directs the VBS at our church there, like, you know, gave us, you know, a whole ha- mapped us out for us and uh, helped us out. And um, so then we were like, all right. And so again, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, we kind of just threw it together. But guess what? The gospel went went out in my neighborhood. Uh, kids heard the gospel. Uh, they were able to repeat the gospel who had never, un- unchurched kids who have never, and many of them haven't entered into a church building before, uh, haven't heard the gospel, were able to repeat the gospel back uh, to me, the gospel story, um, through crafts, through uh, all these different things that we did. Some of them memorized verses, they were so excited to memorize verses, we, we prayed together, um, and so... We, 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 I would not have had the opportunity if I wasn't saying, all right, no, I have to focus on the elderly people. That's I have to focus on this, and I ignore that. No, it's like, all right, I have to be sensitive. What is what is God seeming to be doing around here, and how can I just step into that and make? Remember, my my mind's purpose is I'm a sent one, right? So what am I going to not just okay? I have to like kick these kids off my lawn, right? Because they're now my my lawn is like you see. That, see this is this is my, what my most of my lawn looks like, right? It's like eighty percent dirt. 20% grass, right? So it's not to be like, you know, it's not about having the perfect manicured lawn. It's about the mission, right? It's about having a warm, inviting place for these kids to want to, want to come to our house so that when I say, hey, we're going to have VBS, they're like, sure, we love coming here, whatever that... I don't know, what does VBS even mean, right? They have no idea. So I had to be like, all right, we're going to... We actually called it Bible Club um, because that was like the, the best term we could come up with. Um, so that was... That's kind of, again... So just be sensitive to that. Um, shoot, it's already 10.42. <sighs> can we stay another week, Julie? second. So <laughs> um, Mark would like that. Oh, please, we need some more Sunday school teachers. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, so um, one, one other thing that I, I would la- ask you all to be sensitive of is, do you realize how many unreached people groups are in the DFW area? There is over, uh, there's, there's, there's an organization called Global Gates, and they have found that there is 230,000 unreached peoples in the DFW area. 230,000. That people that would be, we would, you, know, we would, you know what I mean by unreached? When they're in an area that's like, they, they don't have access to the gospel. So like, they don't have family, they don't have uh, people in their village, they don't have a church there. There's no Christians there. Uh, it's it, they don't have access to hear the gospel. And now what they've because of education, because of work, they've come to the U.S. And now they're here. And and it's not just Bolivia. Well, just say, well, there's a church next, Well, they're they're not thinking. It's it's about like you, right? Um, suppose you were to move to um, uh, Riyadh, right? Um, or what's a more famous town in that area? Um, Baghdad, right? So, yeah, yeah. Baghdad. Suppose you were to move to Baghdad, right? And the Muslims are thinking, well, yeah, we got all these mosques around here. Of course they could. They, they, They would love to just enter into a mosque. Would you love to enter into a mosque? Just to hear their message? No, you'd be like, well, obviously, I'm, I'm not allowed to go. You'd almost think like, no, that would be like blasphemous to go to a mosque, right? Or, or to listen to the Islamic prayers or to, you know, whatever, right? And so just because you think, well, we have all these churches around here, so they could just, they have, they have the opportunity. Of course, they're going to walk in and hear the gospel. No, they have to be, you have to, they have to engage in a conversation. They have to, you have to love on them and, and bring the gospel to them. You, know, you remember, what does Matthew 28, 19 and 20 say? Who can, who can quote that? You guys know Matthew 28 I know you know. What does it say? What's the first word of Matthew 9, 28, 19? Go. go. Go and? Make disciples. Make disciples, right, of? Nation. All nations. Wow, I just have to like, like, bringing out of you. Come on, guys. Um, so, yes, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, There's a key word there. It says go. So we know that's what it says. But functionally, what do we end up doing? Come and make disciples, right? You have to come and we'll make disciples of you. No, we have to go. We have to actually go to them and make disciples. So you can see, I don't know if you guys, can you guys read this? Maybe not you over there. Um, But it'll show you, if you go to Global Gates, Dot com, GoogleGates.com, You'll show you all the unreached that are right here in these are all areas in the DFW area, right? Uh, where there's a concentration of them, and I can, I can tell. I think that uh, I looked at some of the, um, I looked at some of the uh, census data of Plano and Wiley. Do you know how many? What's the percentage of foreign-born residents in Plano? It's 27% of Plano is foreign-born. That means one out of every four houses that are on your block, people are from out of the country, right? Could possibly be an unreached people, right? That would mean if you are again we're are surrounded by eight houses, two of them of the you know you get it right one two three four five six seven eight right? Two out of those eight houses. Would have foreign-born people. If you're in Plano, I, I think Wiley is like 17 or something like that percent. I can't remember what thought I said, what I researched, but it's still pretty high. Hutchinson is 2%. So um, I don't. I, this is why I'm pleading to, you, because I don't get that opportunity like you guys do. Um, and so I, I would love to to spur you on to say yes. Like there are immigrants. Like God is because we have been so. Uh, we, we have not been going. You know that like what is the, what are those numbers of like. Um, with missionaries going to Unreached People groups. There's like, out of every hundred missionaries that are being sent out, like I think it's like five of them are going to Unreached Peoples, right? It's a really low number. And so because we have been... Um, I don't know if the word is ignorant or just not going. Um, God is saying, you know what? If you're not going to go, I'll bring them to you, <laughs> right? Um, if you're going to be so re- rebellious against me, I'm just going to bring the nations to you. And now they're right next door, right? And so if, instead, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Instead of seeing that as a threat uh, to you, instead of saying like, oh, our, our country is like opening the borders and I, we need to close these borders. No, see it. You are a sent one, right? You are a sent one. So see it as God is bringing the nations to me. And I get, to, I get to preach the gospel to those who had never heard it before. So God, continue to open the borders here. I, I'm not going to get all political. Um, but th- that's, that's how I try to think of it as, okay, God is opening the borders here. And so that we can preach the gospel right here, right next door. Uh, we don't have to completely uproot our lives. All we have to do is just be open, right? Uh, we just have to open up our homes and allow them to enter and to come in. Um, I have a bunch of questions for you. Um There's a lot of practical benefits towards um Come on. I was going to do like a family feud style. I have the top 7 answers to what's the benefits of of uh the the nations coming to us. But you can you can kind of read them there as as I continue to talk. Um but See that as a beautiful opportunity for you of what God is doing around you, and so um, can I. Can I plead with you to do that, um, to be open um, to the nations around you, um, to see that God is doing um, doing something in DFW area. Um, he is uh, he is causing us a seventy eight percent. Like I said last week, seventy eight percent who are professing Christians, seventy eight percent. Um, can go out and reach these 230,000 unreached peoples. Um, so it's I would my prayer for you is that some of you would be sent out um, to these to these peoples in in our localities, right here in our neighborhoods. I loved. I went to Walgreens the other day, and I'm like, I, I loved it. It was like there was a you know a, an Afghan guy over here, and there was um, you know there's all these different nationalities, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like look what God is doing. He is putting them people right here in our laps, and we get to preach the gospel to them. We get to—we never know what He's going to do. So, um, my my last prayer is uh, Colossians two, sorry, Colossians four, uh, two through six, which says, "Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word, declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may be able." To make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Make the best use of your time, guys. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. What, 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 how are you going to answer them? How are you going to answer each person who comes to you? It's Acts one eight who said, Jesus says, the Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Will you be his witnesses um, to your neighborhoods, to your workplaces, to the people that are around you? Um, would that be... Did you guys know what this picture is? Anybody know what this is? Kansas. No, it's not Kansas. Texas? No. Uh, it's
1: yeah. Hutchinson? No,
0: it's not Hutchinson. No. It's right around the corner. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Scott should know this one. This is our old Ballard Street property. <laughs> uh, so that, that's the old... We used to own this land right here. Uh, but look at look at all these houses that have come in, um, probably since we, we own that, that place, and how many people there who need the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and maybe even foreign-born people right here in this area. So um, let me close us in a word of prayer. Yes, Father, we... We ask that you would send each of us out. Would you give us, each one of us here at Cornerstone, a unique calling? Uh, Would it be a a glorious... Uh, a beautiful thing for us to be sent out and to proclaim Christ, to to make him known to those who don't know, and that light can shine in the midst of darkness, that people may know the peace and the hope and the joy of Jesus, of, their, of having forgiveness, of having fellowship with you. Uh, would you would you send us out for that um, in, in each in our unique capacities? Um, would that be the fire that burns in our heart that we would want to know him and let others know him as well? Um, because it's, it's beautiful. And so do this, O Lord, by your namesake Spirit, would you do this to glorify Christ? We pray this in his name. Amen.